Hello, can I help you today? Um, yeah, I'm looking for a new candle. I'm 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 not entirely sure what what I'm looking for. If you maybe maybe got some that I can try smelling, see see what your candle scents are like. Well, we have this one. This one smells of uh, mostly. Uh, there's there's a hint of video games. There's certain overtones of gender and 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 sexuality in there. All sorts of things that you can really get ooh, into. Ooh. It's, it's quite unusual. Yeah, given that smell, I can I, I can smell. There's like there's like comics and TV, mm. and there's there's. Is that is that queer trans women and skits oh, yes, I can yes, smell in there? What what is yes. this wonderful scent? Ah, uh, this is the queer and pleasant strangers. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Iris Magna. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where two queer trans ladies talk about our weeks, do some voices, do some skits, have a bit of a natter about our weeks. How are you doing, Jane? I'm alive! I'm alive! I am... I'm alive! <laughs> I... <laughs> <coughs> Did someone get a bit too over-eager there in their proclaiming their aliveness? I beg to differ. Um, um, <laughs> I may have over-egged the pudding there, rather. Yeah, this this is a weird episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers in that we're recording on a Saturday, which is not our normal thing, because uh-huh. illness struck this house. We thought there was there were going to be no Queer and Pleasant Strangers this week, we thought. No, I thought that the, the person was going to have to come along and throw us on the cart to have <gasps> us put in the plague pit. Oh no, and then it turns out it's alright because it's a Saturday, we had beans and sausages and toast for breakfast, and we are now having Doritos and sweet chilli hummus. And the lumps that are coming out of me are now much more pastel and less radioactive looking. Hooray! And... With a couple of couple of fruity ciders, I think we'll make it through a recording today. Do you have any good health? Do you have any good health? Cheers. So yes, uh, where should we start this week on th- bits of things that we did? Ah, uh, we should probably do the the, the, the thummy, <laughs> the things, thummy, the twisty, manipulatey stuff on the screeny thing. The things we played this week. Mm. Uh, so I'm going to talk about a thing I played this week Ooh. that is not a video game or a board game. <gasps> I'm putting it in the played section because I don't know where else to talk about it. Masturbation doesn't count. Uh, uh, so finally, my birthday present from you arrived uh, since we last recorded, I believe. I suppose that's playing, yes. Yes. So well, I don't know what other section I would put it in of this show, and I, I wish to discuss it as a thing from my week. So... Jane got me for my birthday from uh from the mysterious package company. A mysterious package. A mysterious package. Uh Taco's Correspondent School of Wizardry, Cantrips and Other Magics, which for any of you who've listened to this show for a while, you might know. We enjoy a, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast called The Adventure Zone. With their McElroys. Yeah, the 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 McElroys and they like to they they go on wizarding adventures and, and magical adventures of fantasy lands and all have a bit of a giggle and silly time doing so. Yeah. And basically Tarko is one of the player characters in this campaign. In universe, he set up a wizard school. Um, it was a bit of a scam, but he set up a bit of a scam wizard school. And this was uh, a series of puzzles and challenges that all like unlocked additional content from the podcast people as you go on an adventure, going working through puzzles in this box of things. I had a really good time with this. I'm glad. Yeah, it, it's. It, I still haven't finished all the puzzles in there. There's a bunch of bonus puzzles that I believe unlock bonus like bonus content from the podcast stuff, which I want to get through. But I did what did I do? I had to translate some um some okay. fantasy languages. I had to solve some mazes. I had to find some some things. I had to um do basically wizard Sudoku, which was I'm really into wizard Sudoku. It's I don't I don't I never I never got really hooked on Sudoku generally, but I'm like, make it into a circle and give me like fantastical magical runes <laughs> to find. Um I'm, I'm into in. it. Yeah. Um and then I completed I completed all the, the things to get through the story and then another box showed up and I got some some rewards for having made it through the adventure. You got your, yourself a wand? I, I I got my first wand. I mean, sorry, Taco's special secret wand from right. the magical dangerous armory. Not from the gift shop. Not from the gift shop. My first wand for children, no. no. But, yeah, it's 
it's a really fun little box of stuff. It it was all tied into the fiction of the universe and the the writing of Taka was a sarcastic wizard who just like initially was just in it for the money and then cottons on that he actually needs your help and t- takes all the credit for everything you do mm-hmm. is very on brand and I enjoyed getting to be a part of that. So yeah. And did you hear many other voices through your Stone of Fast Beach? Oh, yeah. I, I got I got the main the main trio, so mm-hmm. I was getting a lot of stuff from, from Taco, Marl and Magnus. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't get many other people's voices, but I did get I got like written stuff from some other characters. Okay. So I, I I heard you did recently discover a bit of Garfield the Deals Warlock. Oh yes, there is there are little bits. I, I got a little bit of um, Magic Brian audio that I Ooh. found. Um yeah, there's just a lot of neat interaction with the, the cast of that show. So, yeah, I had a lot of fun with that. Awesome. I'm glad you enjoyed hey, it. I was getting a bit worried it wasn't going to come. Yeah, it took the most circuitous route from America possible. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it got here. It got here, like, a month after I was expecting it. But it got here. Hooray! Hurrah! Uh, what about you? What have you been playing this week? Um, I've played so much Dead Cells. Yeah, you could be really into Dead Cells this week. I couldn't move off the couch for about three days, so I just sat there just mainlining Dead Cells and passing out and eating stew. Yeah. It was, it was good. I've got all four of the movement runes. Um, I've I've got, like, two levels before the final boss. Now, so mm. I can. I'm definitely progressing better. Yeah, I. I've been really. I was surprised that you stuck with it and got this into it. Like I thought you would enjoy it and get to a point and go. Uh, I. Th- I thought you would have the same sort of experience you did with Hollow Knight, where you reached a point and you got frustrated with it and left it. Hollow Knight required those precise jumps that Celeste has a lot of. Yeah, wall to wall jumping, and that just isn't in Dead Cells. Yeah, it's very. So it's I. I can manage it with my level of dexterity. Yeah, it's. It's it. It's a tough game. It's it's challenging, yeah. but it's not unfair in no, any way. Not at all. And yeah, it's been really nice watching you like get into your patterns of finding the the weapon layout loadouts you like and yep. stuff like that. Yeah, I've 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 unlocked. I'm being very careful about what I unlock because I don't want to sort of flood the pool with crap that I will never use, like yeah. shields. I've not unlocked any shields. I never use shields. Um, yeah, I, it... I favour like an ice bow, a duplex bow. And then a couple of sinew slicers just yeah. to really mess them well, up. Well, the reason I've never used shields is I'm very much in that game of the opinion of if you're having to use a shield, then you didn't dodge right. Yeah. Like you should, you can dodge for free and not take any damage and not get like um, stunned at all mm. for pretty much every enemy and every attack. So, like, if you're having to use a shield, you're taking up a slot for something you could have just practiced yeah. dodging. I was watching somebody's um, let's play of it recently, and they were talking about beating one of the one of the bosses that I'd already finished. I just yeah. wanted to see like what the optimum options were, and um, they were saying like everything that this boss does is dodgeable. Yeah. So if you are trying to resort to a shield, you are going to get less chances to hit because you're not going to be able to move around as much. Yeah. Um, you're going to have sort of less options generally, but other than that, you just have failed to learn the the dodge mechanics yeah. of the game, which is really... It's, it's a free... It's a dance. Yeah. Like, the whole thing of that game is getting yourself into the right position that you're not taking damage and can get your attacks out. Yeah. If Leaping you're not dodging, away. you're not playing it right, I don't yeah. think. Leaping away, moving... Like... If you enjoy playing with shields in Dead Cells, I apologise. You ha- Do whatever you find fun. I don't enjoy shields. Out of curiosity, it. I've looked around and I don't know anyone that that, that uh, I've not seen like any of the big like speedrunners or anything or anything like that using um, shields at all. Yeah, shields. Shield seems like they would be a problem as soon as you start getting overrun by lots of enemies because you can only shield on one side. Yeah. And yeah, if you're shielding, things are going to get behind you. Mm. Yeah, I think I think learning the dodge is vitally important. Yeah. Is that you got any other thoughts on Dead Cells other than just It's good. More of that, please. I, I I'm looking forward to getting a chance to play more of that. Yeah. I'm noticing that my, my plays are going from more from sort of like fifteen sort of ten to fifteen minutes to more of an average of like well over half an hour. Yeah, that's the thing, is you do find they get longer the more that you get the grip to grips with that game. Yeah, I I like all the exploration as well and and the fact that like as you're getting more of the movement rings and things 
you're constantly getting new things pumped into the game. Yeah. So, like, even though you've done, like, 60 to 100 runs maybe through it, you might still be getting brand new stuff appearing because you've unlocked things further along in the game. Yeah. So that's been nice. Yeah. Uh, other things I've been playing this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's since we last recorded, I have finished playing a couple of games. Uh, I finished playing Rise of the Tomb Raider. Uh, mechanically, I like that the most of the, the rebooted Tomb Raider games. Mm-hmm. It had like the best density of lengthy, complex, interesting uh, tombs mm-hmm. to go through and... Like, it feels more polished than it did previously to play. Story, uh... It felt like I there were no unexpected turns in that story. It was, okay, I know pretty much everything we need to do. A lot of padding between doing it. Like, I liked the character writing. I just felt like it was giving us the same story of Lara that they've given us twice already, which was... Oh no, she feels quite bad about what she's doing. Oh no, actually, she doesn't feel bad. She's going to kill everything in her path. Ah, uh, next game, she'll probably feel bad again. And and uh, is she fully erect by the end of the game? Is she fully risen? <laughs> um, I guess it's it's weird. Uh, it feels like she's had the same character arc basically three times in a row, and uh, yeah. I enjoy that character arc. But there's not anything particularly new about it now. Wall running. There's there's wall running. Yeah, and you can repel down things now. That's kind of cool. I repel things all the time. <laughs> yeah. And the other one that I think I finished since we last recorded this was Ooh. Wonder Song. Wonder Song. Wonder Song. Yeah, that's a really that's a really heckin' sweet game. I enjoy that game's desire to just be very positive and to be like, yeah, music is just a tool for people to understand each other a little bit better, and that's a that's a wonderful thing, and we should all just, you know, think about each other a bit more, and be a bit more optimistic and hopeful. Think about you. Uh, so yeah, I'll finish those off this week. Nice. What else have you been playing? Uh, what else have I been playing? I can't even remember. Not a lot of playing this week. Oh, um, uh, I played Euro Truck Simulator 2. Did a bit of a stream of that and everything. How'd you get on with that? Uh, At one point, I apparently went completely crazy and and started singing I Believe I Can Drive to the tune of I Believe I Can Fly um, (laughs) because I couldn't see the chat and (laughs) my brain was just like, panic, you can't see, you can't interact with the people. Just say anything. (laughs) Sing randomly. Yeah, you can tell I'm new to streaming, but it's fun. Mm. What about you with your Doritos in your mouth? I got a mouthful of hummus. Give me a minute. <laughs> I am a hummus sexual. <laughs> uh, I got to put my list back up. Oh, I started replaying Undertale again because that uh, my Switch copy of that finally showed up. Me late, my late birthday present to myself. Um, I still think that game's pretty fantastic. Um, You're pretty fantastic. Oh, I've been playing through the uh, pacifist run. Um, I've made it through the the second of the sort of major boss fights. I've just gone through um, Undyne, mm. who is the sort of fish lady that I want. I want to cosplay her again. She's Sweet. I enjoyed that cosplay. No. Um, yeah, the more I've been replaying that, the more I've been remembering there are things about this game that I just fucking love design-wise, and that I'm like, oh, can't wait to get to this bit. Oh, can't wait to get to that bit. Oh, can, can we hear your um, oh, music yeah. box? Yeah, so I got the uh, collector's edition uh, physically on Switch, which came with my music box locket, which I'm just going to wind it up a bit. Now to, oh yeah, there we go. It conveniently stopped at the right point. Oh, oh, not quite stopped. So sweet. I have to, I have to wait for it to finish. Wine. Just leave it in the background. Oh, just leave it going. It's it's a really lovely like little physical prop from the game that plays a track from the game that is to do with that physical item, and mm. it's really lovely. Um, it's it's just a really nice physical memento from that from one of my favourite games, um, and it's got a good sound for a music box. Yeah, so I've I've been replaying that on Pacifist, and I'm very excited to get to certain bits I haven't reached yet. Uh, there's some I found where the the new bonus content on the Switch is, which uh, 
apparently contains a new boss fight. Uh, I'm excited to get around to that. Ooh. It hasn't opened yet. I assume I just have to come back to it later in the playthrough, I think. Okay. Um, I like the, the borders. Oh yeah, the little... Because it's a 4x3 aspect ratio game, so because it's a widescreen system, they basically put these like thematic borders around it, and they look really nice, yeah, don't they? I, I saw the one when you were in Temi Village. Yeah, the sort of like blue glowy flowers sort of one. Yeah, that's nice. But I'm, I'm excited to re- finish replaying through this and then on a completely separate Switch user profile so that I don't damage my perfect lovely ending, I'm going to replay it through I'm on Genocide. I'm going to fuck them up because uh, I, I want to go back through that thing that makes me feel guilty for playing the game and go, ah, this is good game design and I feel like shit and I'm going to kill everything. Yeah, and you'll so, fight the hero, beat the hero. Yeah, it's a lot of like, oh no, I feel genuinely bad because like, no, you you you're just trying to save your friends, and you are genuinely the hero here, and I'm going to kill you because I'm a terrible person. What else have you been playing? Um, we played some more Tiny Epic Zombies. Oh yeah, still really digging that. We've tried now each one of the scenarios of the nine scenarios. Yep, and we've done it with three people as well. We now. have now played with three people. Uh, we still haven't played a competitive one yet. I no, we, try that sometime. We, should, we should definitely try that. But yeah. what I would say about that game is I maintain what I said before about it. Like, it is really well paced to be completable, but you've got to get a move on. Yes, definitely. Like, we played it twice last night, and we lost both campaigns, but both of them we were within, like, a turn of, of, of getting there. Yeah. We were like, oh, if the next player who would have had a turn could have used their three moves, got back to the centre, we'd have won. Like, yeah. I think one of them, it was like, ah, two two thirds of our team got to the exit and escaped. And I was left behind to be moved. You died and respawned and were too far away to get to the exit. Yep. But, yeah, it's it's well-paced to be a good challenge, I yeah, think. Yeah, it's, it's, you definitely have to get a shift on. Yeah, it's... If you if you waste just one turn, that might be enough to be like, no, you don't get it now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Good, good fun. Uh, we played a bit more Luxor last night as well, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, I had another go with that. It's, it's Again, it's nice that it's got all that randomization in it. We're still getting sort of used to the, the sort of mechanics and how they change. But uh, yeah, it's, it's nice to sort of strategize your way around the board. Yeah. And you kicked everyone's asses at that. I made a last minute executive decision to rush for the middle and be like, nope, I'm going to run and get that bonus set of points before anyone else can complete any more sets and get you bonuses. You had already had a really good job of just gathering. Like, oh, I've been collecting all the necklaces to stop everyone getting their, their complete sets. Yeah, you did kind of wreck that for everyone else. <laughs> I wasn't deliberate. I was honestly just trying to get this is whatever where things I can I could. land, so I will go for it. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, did you play anything else this week? Uh, no, not really. I've played a couple of other things I've not really played enough of. I'll probably just push them back to next week. Well, um, we'll do that then. Ne- next week I will probably talk about The World Ends With You final remix yeah. and uh, the demo for Taiko Drum Master on Switch. So that's some things for next time. Mm. But for now, I guess it's time for this. <gasps> Oh, it's getting a bit, it's getting a, getting a bit chilly out here, isn't it? Oh, yes. Oh, it's getting a bit chilly. Oh, we got, got. Oh, being a being a ladybird this time of year is is, is proper awful. I know. Oh. It's, it's starting to turn a bit chilly. Oh, Here's no. me, a simple ladybird, trying to trying just trying to get on in the world. I've I've spawned. There's been a lot going on. Hasn't there just? It's you know we're all about this point. I, I think we need to find somewhere warm for the winter. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking little cracks in the outside of house walls might be nice. Yeah, as long as we can avoid them. Blasted birds. Oh, indeed. What if... Oh, I see an open window there. Maybe we can just like, get in and we won't be noticed if we just go snuggling the carpet under the beds. Well, you just watch out for the spiderwebs, because those windows, they don't know that they've been cleaned in a while. Oh, that's, that's fair. Well, we, we are surprisingly good at getting out of spiderwebs if we need to, but... True, true, yeah. yeah. Right, okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and get in the window and see if I can find a warm corner inside somewhere. Maybe... Oh, look up, look up there. You see that skirting board? Is that yeah, skirting yeah. board up there that's sort of Ooh. got a little angle down in it. We could probably hide in there. It's so high up on the room. No one will notice. Humans yeah. will never go look in there. Yeah, let's oh, go, let's go. All that dust, they've never dusted up here. Oh, those two don't look like they've dusted ever. Oh. Um, hi. Um, I've, I've been having problems with my, um, my computer. Do you reckon you can, uh, have a, have a look at it? Sure, sure, I'll have a look. What seems to be the problem? Have you been uh, having... well, it, it wasn't, um, see, it wasn't turning on. Like, at all. I was pressing the power button and it wasn't turning on. But now that you've come over here, 
it seems to be turning on just fine. Hmm, and uh, uh, so you 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 tried this a number of times. You checked that it was all plugged in and everything. Indeed, and I'm going to be honest. You're the third IT tech I've had over here, and every time one of you is here, it turns on fine. And then as soon as you leave, it stops again. It's funny you see that. Have you heard sort of a, 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 a small tittering whenever this happens? Indeed, yeah. There's just been this odd little bit of laughter coming from inside my, my towel box. And I I thought it was just like the fan playing up or something. Oh, no. This is fairly common. I think what you've got there is, is, is you've got yourself some gremlins. Oh, no. So when... when I'm not here. They're unplugging things. But as soon as I arrive, they're just putting them all back in again just to really confuse you and show you up. Right, come on now, you lots. Out. Oh, it's quite fun. Oh, I was oh, having lots of fun. I was having a good time. Oh, you might want to plug your, your ID cable back in. <laughs> and all the other stuff. Attention <laughs> jumper settings. So. Oh. What have you been watching? What have I been watching? Uh, watched a bit more of The Good Place. I did. That continues to be... Good? Yeah, good. I, placed. I, I'm enjoying the direction this season has gone. Yeah. It's, I got a bit of a better sense now, I think, for like where the new season is going and what the conflict is. So mm. that's an interesting one. Yeah, looking forward to see how that goes going forward. I'm, I'm hooked. I'm ready for more. I'm very much like, come on, next episode, next episode, next episode it right now. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What you watched? Um, I, I watched, uh, well, they got a good place. And the only other thing I really watched is the death of my elderly desktop. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. How many? Your poor, your poor baby was killed by a Windows update, we I think? believe so, yeah. I'm uh, going to try and run PC repair some more, but I, I, I think it's had it. I mean, it's been blue screening... Semi-regularly for a long time, so... Yeah. It was probably oh. on its way out, but... There was, there was a couple of th- other things that we watched. Yeah? I know, there's a couple of things. Uh, we both watched uh, the the debut of um, the new Doctor Who series with oh. uh, Jodie Whittaker. I forgot, there's been a lot of slime since then. Yeah, as a, we, we we both watched the, the new season's uh, opening episode. You watched, like, the last season's finale yeah, first. Yeah, because I've not seen the, the loop back to end of season like original doctor uh i'd not seen that so i had to go back and watch that and then i watched the jodie whitaker episode she's cool i like the sonic I... I like the new sonic yeah here's what i'll say i've i've fallen behind on doctor who for a while i loved uh what was uh peter capaldi i loved his acting but they gave his great his, his, his yeah the scripts he was given were terrible but he was a great actor and i just didn't get into his series i sort of watched on and off the previous series it was like the it was uh, David Tennant and who was it before that? Christopher Eccleston. Okay. Those, you those. Got Matt Smith in there somewhere. Uh, Matt Smith. Yeah, it was. Uh, sorry, Matt. Matt. Uh... Oh yeah, Matt Smith was after that. It, Eccleston and Tennant were the two doctors that I like. I watched the whole seasons, like the whole way through, and yeah. didn't get flaky on. Um, so here's what I'll say: that Jodie Whittaker episode, I really enjoyed that, and yeah. I enjoyed that enough to be like. Yeah, no, no, okay, I'll I'll give Doctor Who another shot. I will see what Chibnall's got to offer, now yeah. that we have a new new sort of creative lead on it. So, well, good yeah. luck, because I wasn't a huge... Like, I remember at the time, being like 2005, like, yes, Doctor Who's back, awesome, this is great, yeah. I've been looking forward to this since I last saw the Sylvester McCoy in Ace. Yeah. Because um, at that point I didn't really count eight, because I hadn't mm. really heard any of the big finish stuff. Um, But then, like... Like as it went on, I I didn't really like Eccleston as a doctor. I like Tennant, but maybe that's just because he's cute. I I liked <laughs> some isolated Eccleston episodes. I thought were really good. Uh uh uh, what's her name? Thingabob Piper. That was the uh the Rose. Ro- yeah, played Rose. Yes. Uh, can't remember the actress's uh, Billy name. Billy Billy Piper is it? Yes. Uh, I really liked uh, Rose as a companion. Ooh. Um. I really loved. There's one particular ep- Eccleston episode that I think is my favourite moment of any rebooted Doctor Who stuff, mm-hmm. which was, uh, I think it was in like a World War Two setting or something, uh. and Eccleston's brought into a room and 
you just see him start, like, he sees something in the room, turns around and is banging on the door, like, let me out, I'm going to die, this thing's going to kill me. And he's, like, almost crying. You're and mixing he... up a couple of episodes. He's in is a, it... he's in a it's, bunk, it's... it's the Dalek episode. Yeah, it's the first time that he sees the Dalek in the, the reboot yeah. series, and he's, like, having his freak out of, like, he plays that, the, this character that has been so confident up to then suddenly is, oh god, this thing terrifies the Doctor. Well, because at that point yeah. he thought they were extinct along with his people. Yeah, that, like, that, that was an Eccleston episode I thought was superb. It's been a long time since there's been a Doctor Who moment I thought was that good. Mm. I really liked that episode. Was, was it, was it a Catherine Tate one or was it a, um, a Rose one? Where one of the companions tries to stop their parents uh, dying on their wedding day. Yes. And they all end That's up having... That's a Billy Piper episode. That's a Billy Piper episode. But That's they all... with, the ra- with the Reapers. Yes, things. and they have to barricade themselves in the church. Yes. That was a really good one. Yeah, that, that, was, that was... Yeah, like, there were some good episodes in that, in that first sort of 2005 season. Yeah. But, like, I didn't particularly like Eccleston. I didn't particularly like Billy Piper. Not nearly as much as I hated Catherine Tate. <laughs> yeah, Catherine Tate was... When she was good, she was good. When she was bad, she wasn't good. She she was an inconsistent She did one. sort of grow on you. She did have a certain charm to her eventually, but still, I, like, I was like, no. Well, like, I one thing I really liked about this uh, Jodie Whittaker first episode is... It did feel very much like a fresh start. Like you could just jump here with no yeah. other knowledge, and it it was okay to jump in here. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how sort of backstoryish it gets as yeah. we go on. But yeah, like it it was a, a good enough standalone story, I think. Yeah, the the story itself was good. I liked all of the supporting cast of Earth people. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I I know too soon. Yeah, but it's. It was a good start, and I'm definitely going to try and keep watching this season and see how it goes. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to know what they come up with after... Because, like, my experience with Capaldi was I think I'd watched, like, maybe three or four episodes and just yeah. gone, no. I'll t- I tell you what it was. I was in hospital after surgery, and I decided to go on iPlayer and look up on my phone the Christmas episode that year. Hmm. And it was the one where there's talking something about turning the kid into a superhero. Okay. And I sort of got five minutes into that and I just went, fuck this bullshit. I, I can remember and the... didn't watch any of oh, the no. rest of the series. I remember the last time I saw a Capaldi episode and it was whatever one he like entered some big coliseum on top of like a tank shredding an electric guitar. Oh yeah. And that was the last thing I remember seeing before mm. going, eh, no. I think we're done here. I'm... Yeah, that was the last thing I remember seeing before I went, eh. Yeah. I, they, it just got, got to a point, and, and I was just like, no. And then recently I went back and watched all of Tenant through to the end of Capaldi, and there's some yeah. brilliant episodes with Capaldi, and he's a really good doctor, but again, I hated Clara. Yeah. I really hated Clara. Oh, uh, I I hated uh, which of the doctors had the companion who kept dying who was a like initially showed up as a Dalek yeah, in Clara. a pre- Is that was that Clara? That was Clara. I really fucking hated the way that mm, the ending her character got. She did not earn that fucking ending. Mm-hmm. Like this is the 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 way they basically made her out to like be the saviour of the universe for every Doctor who's ever lived and she's the most important character in the whole Doctor Who universe now because she's... <laughs> it's, it's, it's a few years ago that yeah. episode now. Like, the fact that they just out of nowhere try and make her like the this is the most important character in all of Doctor Who who has... Like, we've retconned every Doctor to now have been saved by her. Yeah, and... I was like, I, I don't like her. She's yeah. really smug and it really annoys me. You know why like, I... <laughs> I, I... I hate Catherine Tate, but I loved the Doctor Donna. I thought that was like... That, that, that ending was so heart-wrenching. Like, yeah, no, that... oh my god, I feel for Catherine Tate. That... What a surprise for me. It was a really satisfying ending to that character's arc. Yeah, like, um... it, 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 it was really good, but Clara just... Ah, oh, there's just something about her that just really yeah. wound me so up constantly. I I was annoyed about her character from pretty much the moment she was like first introduced as a companion because she felt like a wasted opportunity to me, and I'll explain what I mean by that. Yeah. You know, the first time we see her is that episode where it's like, oh, the Doctor's talking to this woman. Oh, turns out he's been talking to a Dalek the whole time. 
We had that standalone episode. Was that before the Christmas episode where she's the guardian of the children? Yes, this was the first okay. time that she was introduced was she was the character who turned out to be a Dalek. Then after that, before we saw her again, we got told, oh, that actress who was, who was the Dalek is going to be the new companion. And I got really excited because I, my brain went to Dalek, Dalek companion. companion. And I was, I got excited because I was like, that's something new and refreshing for this series that would really fucking spice it up a bit. I don't know. I think that could be right up there with K9. <laughs> Possibly, but like, I'd be really up for a Dalek companion, even if it was only for a little while, just because I like the idea of, I don't know, it's just some something very different. Well, they've had a Cyberman companion. <laughs> but yeah, it's... <laughs> I enjoyed this new Doctor, I'm excited to see more, and part of me does want to go back and rewatch some of the early uh, New Who. New Who. New Who. Uh, yeah, I don't recommend watching Matt Smith series again. I, I binge-watched all of Matt Smith series and went, oh, bloody hell, no wonder I seem to have blanked all this crap out. <laughs> <laughs> like, but don't get me... Like, I, I, I went back, what was it, like, t- two, three years ago, and I watched all of Peter Davidson and all of... Um, I knew you said Clive Barker then, but I meant Colin Baker. Yeah. It's the CB. Was it was it a Colin Baker episode, the one where he has the, the, the button that would just destroy all the Daleks and he has his little moment of like, do I have the moral right to that's do this? That's a Tom and, Baker episode. Is that a Tom Baker? Yeah. yeah, that's a Tom Baker one. I like that. I remember that opposite episode very fondly. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember which episode that is. It's... I think that's a Davros episode, and I do like a good Davros episode. I Indeed. used to have the Davros box set with like all of the Davros box uh, episodes up to um, the Sylvester McCoy one. Was that Remembrance of the Daleks? I that think sounds about right. The second one when we see a Dalek flying. Yes, yes. Yeah, there we go. Um, only other thing I've watched this week is I've been watching season two of uh, Big Mouth, which. Is a show that we both have complicated feelings on its first season a bit. Mm, I don't, I didn't manage to get through the first season. Yeah, it, I, I can't. It's a bit creepy. Anyways. I can't blame you for that. I've I've said as much myself in that I'm like, I think when this show is good, it it is funny and insightful about like the the awkwardness of growing up. But there are moments in that show that are also like. This is weird and awkward. That's 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 a, that's a kid masturbating. That's that's an uncomfortable piece of content. I do not need in my life. Mm. So, season two doesn't entirely shy away from that. There are still like these are all horny children, and that's uh, weird and creepy in some ways. Um, the big thing that season two does is it switches to focusing on shame as an aspect of um, going through puberty. And there's plenty of that I yeah. seem to recall. It's it it basically you get this character called the Shame Wizard shows up in season two uh, to to go alongside the hormone monster, and it's basically your hormones drive you to do a bunch of shit, and then the Shame Wizard turns up and goes, "Shame, feel shame, you're a terrible person," and about learning to be like, "Oh, oh no, I want to do, but also also shame, also shame, um, shame." The Shame Wizard is a very well done character and it, it, it adds a bit more depth than just the puberty makes you a bit horny doesn't it, um, it does. aspect to stuff it I I felt like there was valuable interesting stuff in that season I still found it somewhat awkward to watch yeah. and I don't know how to reconcile that fact It's it's a weird show I can't recommend it to everyone I think when it's good, it has some interesting things to say, and it says them in, well. But also, like, be, mm, yeah, yeah, be, be, be aware that that's a, it's a, it's a show that's gonna not be comfortable to watch. Hmm. Yeah, that's everything I've watched. I think. You watched anything else? I think that is everything I've watched. <gasps> well then, time for this. Stop right there! You are under arrest. That food is not yours, and you ate it knowingly. You are under arrest. But if he's not for eats, why is made of tasty? Uh, it, it, uh, it is for eats, but not for eats for you. But what if was for me? Eating food you haven't paid for is illegal. But but what if was legal? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I can't be fanning around all day with this. Yeah, this is this is human food. It's not for cats. 
But what if it was for Kaz? <laughs> it's very hard to look you and your adorable face in the face. And oh, come on, go on. There you go. Don't, don't, don't tell, just don't tell anyone. Very well, I will rub my face on you now. Down you and your adorableness. And that has been today's headlines. Now, with the weather, I hand it over to Invisible Bob. Hello, this is Invisible Bob. The weather today is going to be, uh, um, well, you know, uh, uh, it's... It's weird, it's it's awesome, you know, not quite sure if the sun's going to be aesthetic or, or, or functional. I, I, you know, do I need a jacket? I, I, I'm, I'm honest, I'm honestly not sure, and I'm a bit afraid to just go out there and... I'll tell you what, I'll stick, stick my arm out the window. I mean, there's a bit of a breeze, but it's, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't really say it's, wouldn't really say it's cold. Uh, maybe like a jacket that you could take off and put on at will. Probably something with a zip. You don't want like an overhead thing that you're going to have to fanny about with a lot. Because, you know, just in case you are taking it off and on a lot. Honestly, I, 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 I don't know. Uh, weather's happening, you know. Be, be grateful for that. It, it could all be over tomorrow. Uh, back, 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 back to the studio. Thank you, Invisible Bob. You seem to know about as much as we do. So, what have you listened to this week? Ooh, that's quite a list. Let me get my list back up. Um, so I'll, I'll start with the one sort of furthest back in the week. I listened to Monkey Magic and Sandwich Man. A what track is... called Umarvelous. What is... Th- Oh, marvelous! Marvelous! Oh, with the dance! I know what this is. Yes, that marvelous! That that song that like I thought was an advert for like <laughs> zero calorie milkshake or something because at some point it, they it, do it, mention zero calorie. Zero. Everything will be low calorie. Yeah, marvelous! Marvelous! Yeah, I know. I had no idea what was going on. I saw them drink what looked like a milkshake, and then I heard them say zero calorie, and I thought it was an advert song. Um, yeah, it, it's. It's odd, isn't it? It's slightly disco. Um, with it's it's mostly in Japanese, but as is fairly typical with Japanese singing, there's like a few English lyrics in there. Yeah, just just enough to really confuse you about hot dogs and hamburgers and zero calorie shakes. Um, yeah, and it, the video is this incredible vaporwave style thing. It's it's like Far Cry Blood Dragon. <laughs> Um, the car in the at the beginning is is just fantastic. That sort of grid style that you see a lot in a little bit Tron esque. Yeah, slightly Tron esque. I I really loved it. Um, so yeah, that's uh, quite difficult to find on YouTube because it's only listed in Japanese. Like you can find Monkey Magic, but the rest of it is all written in Japanese, so it won't um search for you. So best to search it from YouTube. It's marvelous without a U and only one L. Yeah. Uh, marvelous with you. I didn't I didn't listen to too many things this week. No. Uh got to see a band live that I really enjoyed. Ooh. I've been listening to some of their music outside of that live setting. So this is a band called Illuminati. Oh, they were good. Oh, uh, weren't they good? Um how would you describe their sound? They're sort of um Balkan rhythms. Yeah, there's a little little bit of scarishness to it. Yeah. It was a very sort of like bouncy it's very bouncy around the dance floor. There were it's... lots of like people sort of hopping from foot to foot doing the <laughs> fists in the air thing. It was br- the room went fucking nuts. Oh, uh, it, it's it's the kind <sighs> of band that like you see that two AM it's like Ooh, that was what we needed to wake up a bit. I, I just remember that I was just bouncing around in that room with a massive grin on my face, surrounded by people bouncing in a very similar fashion. Yeah. It was I it was of, really very free and liberating. I, I sort and of, about three tracks in, I had to go hurtling around the club going, Where are you? You need to come and hear this. I've been waiting to see them all night, and you did come find me, and I'm I'm so glad, because the song I'd been like listening to excitedly before seeing them... Uh, they played a couple of tracks after I got there, so I was like, yes. Um, so the two tracks I've been really enjoying that I've got on my Spotify Ooh. at the moment are, let me pull them up, Kokatu, uh, K-O-Q-A-T-W-O, and Agape Mo, A-G-A-P-E-M-O-U. 
I'm not great on the pronunciations, but... Do you know what it means? Uh, no idea, oh, but okay. I very much enjoy the, uh, the, the the sort of pacing and rhythm of them. Yeah. They are two very, very good, just have a bit of a stomp and a bounce tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, they fit into that that area that I think we both really enjoy, which is the intersection of rock and dance. Yeah, and that sort of scar folk yeah. thing you get quite a lot. That, that, that sort of you. heavy guitars, but also bounce, like you can have a bounce to it. Yeah. it's It was a lot of fun. I, I would I would see Illuminati play again. Definitely. Uh, you find in you find in other things we listen to all yeah, this week. Yeah, because I've just realised like there's there's one from there that I completely forgot to mention. Um, the one I I stayed really late listening to was the Captain's Beard. Oh, this is the one that played like, Pirate Rock. Pirate Rock for like most of our our night. Um, they played yeah, a lengthy I, set. Yeah, I don't know if somebody else didn't turn up and they ended up going on early, but they didn't come off until like half five. Yeah, they. They played. Oh, they were so good. Yeah. Apparently, at some point, um, that someone had was being asked to go and escort their drummer to the toilet. Uh, um. Yeah. It was. It was a brilliant night. I. I went in when they were just starting their set, and they. Ah. Uh, uh, they were. They were pretty fab. I was one of the last people in there because. Um, yeah, I think by the time I got there, there was maybe 20 people in there. There was loads of room to dance, oh. and everyone was just bouncing around I, like I, I popped in there at one point when it was like that. It must have been about 4.30 in the morning, yeah. and it's just like, there's about 20 people just having a nice sort of like bounce around in a circle. It was great. Just to some accordion and kicking guitar, and yeah. just... Their, their drummer was awesome. Oh, they had a fantastic drummer. Really, yeah, really good What was their name there. again? They were... Uh, they were the Captain's Beard. The Captain's um, Beard. I do vaguely remember... I don't know if it was them, but I'm pretty sure it was them. I'd sort of seen them say... We're not on the internet anywhere, so you can't find us, so you'll have to just remember that, tonight. That was them, but like, even if you can't find them online, if you see that they're playing somewhere, go do it. Go check them out. Like, they, they play a mean set, and they very uh-huh. much are of the, like, experience <sighs> us live, experience the moment. If you hear us again, you hear us again. If not, just treasure the night. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. Uh, what else have you listened to? Um, I, I I went on a bit of a one for some some ragtime sounds. Oh yes, uh, yes. So listen to um, Johnny May on YouTube, uh, who does this series of three X style tracks that you should never play in ragtime. <laughs> uh, so the ones I particularly particularly enjoyed were uh, three sad songs you should never play in ragtime. Okay. And there was, um, that's got like Mad World and Sound of Silence in it. <laughs> um, video game themes. So there was like the Halo theme in Ragtime, uh, the Skyrim and Legend of Zelda. Um, and then 80s songs that you should never do. It was, it's, it's a really sort of good number of sets. They're all sort of like a couple of minutes long. Yeah. And, and nice and that sort of very bouncy. I yeah, heard, piano played style. I heard that video game one. You showed me that one, and that one was really good. I played you that one, and then the other one I, I will just come on to. It was it was another video I watched was uh, you know Scott Bradley of Postmodern Jukebox. Yes, Bay did the uh, Super Mario Brothers ragtime cover. Yep, that was really good. Yeah. I enjoyed that. So that's all on YouTube. Do you want to do your other couple of your other couple of ragtimey ones? Because that, was... that's all the ragtimey ones. Uh, was the there's there's a postmodern jukebox one as well? Oh, that's not ragtime. Uh, it's not ragtime. It, <laughs> it feels like it goes in the same camp. As... It's in the style of New Orleans marching band. Yeah, um, but it, it's 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 postmodern jukebox. All all of them, or or a number of them. Um. Uh, it's, so it's New Orleans marching band style of uh, Welcome to the Black Parade. Oh, but so good, Mike mm. M. Um, which is beautiful because that style I always think of like. New Orleans funerals. Yeah. Like that sort of like wake funeral style. So it goes very well with Black Parade. Yeah, they've got a really good sound to it. I think they did a great job. And the, the singer's got an incredible voice. Oh gosh, yeah. And that just, it rem- I was listening to that and it just reminded me of times where I've been like late at night in, in club environments. A bit, a bit wasted. And that track has come on and I've just been like, oh, I'm going to see my fucking heart out. Uh, it, it captured that energy. Nicely. Yeah. So yeah, that's everything I've listened to. Have you listened to anything else? I listened to one other really good thing. <gasps> What'd you listen to? Kodiak Island have got a new EP out. Whoop, whoop, whoop. How is it? It's fucking awesome. 
Um, so I'd mentioned the the Lemon EP um, a couple of months, weeks back. Probably a couple of a months. A while back. Yeah, um, it's been mentioned on here before. That, and they're, they're um, psychedelic folk, or psych folk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you enjoy your Doritos, don't mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> um, And And they, they have a new four-track EP out. Um, the, the vocalist is... Has an incredible voice, very much liked. Uh, first track on there was um, The Whole of the World. A lovely rich bass line, nice synths, really mellow track. Um, and that sort of otherworldly vocal mm-hmm. that she do very well. Um, then there was... Uh, oh, no, sorry, No Easy Game was the first track on there. Then uh, Whole, of the, um, Whole of the World, which was the one with the, the lovely rich bass line, nice synths, and, the, the, and really just mellow and chill. And those first two tracks are sort of very much in that sort of, I suppose, psychedelic folk works very well. <laughs> um, and then there's um, Simplexity, which is a um, sort of n- non-vocal track, which is very nice. It's got really great percussion on it, uh, just just the creamiest bass line. And it's got, uh, the guitar's got a bit of wah-wah on it, and there's some violin, so it sounds like vaguely 70s like drama show-esque. <laughs> It's got a got a really good. It builds really well together, and it seems to be. It's almost it's good music that tells a story. Sort of progresses in a way that almost tells a story without lyrics, Ooh. which I very much liked. And last track on there is "They Don't Know," which is a four track recording. So it's got this real nice, um, like raw sound mm. um, that you get with some, and it was really nice, beautiful, dreamy vocal styles, nice, nice and raw, and yeah, definitely more of that. I like the guitar on that too. Ooh. One that I didn't listen to this week, but you've just made me think about, Ooh. is uh, that track you were describing that was very sort of like almost tells a story without words. Really good album for doing that is an album called Misanthrope by Brian Altano, who you might know off of the comedy. I button. do know of that Brian. Yeah, Altano. he's he's got a really good, um, mostly instrumental album called Misanthrope that is really good at tracks like that. That the rise and fall of the tone of the track feel like they're telling a story mm. so yeah that's one I'll recommend yeah I want to go back and listen to that again now I've not listened in a while awesome awesome yeah you listen to anything else that is all of the things <gasps> that I have shoved in my ear holes well then now it's time for this Ooh. that's right humanity I'm going to release my chemical agent all over the world Infecting every last one of you! Oh no, no, no! Please, please don't! I'll give you anything! I'll give you all the all the money in the. How much money do you want? I'll give it to you! Whatever you demand! I cannot be stopped with simple money! Yeah! Yeah, but I, I want. I want. I, 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 could, I could give you a million, two million, five million! Hi, uh, Dave from Electronic Actor Softworks. Um, we can offer you, like, a Billions and billions of dollars. Just stop doing this now. I mean, nobody wants you to release this. Uh, I mean, this would be very bad for everyone involved. Literally, possibly the worst thing. No, it's no use. I'm going to press the trigger button now. Soon my virus will spread across the world and destroy capitalism. My, my, my name's Alice. I've, I found myself in a very strange place here. I've seen all sorts of odd things on, well, on my journey. How odd has it been? Um, well, I saw um, a smile appear up in the tree, and then a cat formed around the smile. It had just been a smile before, but then it was a whole cat. And it, told, it, it spoke, and it told me it was the Cheshire cat. Mm, I do go on. Um, I, I I saw a strange man in a in a in a colourful top hat who was having a tea party with a rabbit. Well, I would say, Alice, that you have experienced something most unusual. I I, I sure have. I, I I had I ate something and it made me big, and then I had something else and it made me small. What? What's happened? What, what, where am I? What's going on? Ah, you ate something and became a different sizes. I would say, Alice, that you are tripping your tits off. No, that, that, that can't be possible. I was just in my garden picking mushrooms with Mother and... Uh, oh, uh, oh, I'm tripping my balls off. 
Question time! It's time for questions. Who's got questions? I've got questions, but more importantly, our audience have questions. There's a couple. There's a couple. We we don't have too many. No, because weirdness about the question thread today. Yeah, we got it. We got it. Um, so, um, I'm Newton. Have you got questions suddenly coming in? I, I have them, but they're all in... Uh, oh, that's it. Uh, so Becky Hill would like to know, million quid bonus if you can learn to do a backflip within a year. Uh, job seekers allowance forever. If not, would you take that bet? I'd take that bet, because when I was 16, I could do a backflip. <gasps> uh, granted, I did them on a sprung floor because I didn't want to risk breaking my neck. You are superhuman. Um, but, like, I could do them. And, like, it didn't take me long to learn, and I'm sure... Give me a couple of weeks, I could get back to doing backflips on a sprung floor. If I was required to do them not on a sprung floor to get the million, I reckon once I could do them on a sprung floor, a million a million quid on the line, I could do a backflip and pull it off. That's pretty damn awesome. Yeah. I fear that I would break my neck, so... Um... I guess I'll take the job seekers. It's alright. Or right. not take the bet. You can you can share my you can share my million. Oh, thank you. Can you can share my job seekers. I guess <laughs> it's not enough for anyone to live on. But there we go. Uh, so Nick Nickwin uh, would like to know uh, if you were an animal, what animal would you be? Oh, um, I don't know why, but my gut says owl. Oh. I, I kind of like the idea of being like a snowy, a snowy, a snowy, a snowy barn owl sort of thing. Would you be dating your Aarakocra friend from Dice Funk? Oh, um, Sasha, Sasha Greer, the, 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 the owl gal. The owl gal. Uh, I, I don't know. Do, creatures I would like to be. I like, I like owl. I could be a duck. I could, I, 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 I think it'd be pretty chill to be a duck. I could, I could have a good time. You're just being a big a, fan of ducks, really. I'm a big fan of ducks. I could be a rabbit. Rabbit being a rabbit seems pretty chill. I like to be in a four and a half foot tall, shaggy rainbow battle lynx. Nice. Fight the forces of bigotry. Could be a cat. <laughs> but battle lynx. <laughs> could be a cat or a rabbit or a duck or an owl. I quite like. I, I, I guess a bun bun would be good as long as there wasn't a poor experimenty bun bun. Yeah. Um. Or a kitty cat. I, I would be a kitty cat. I would be your kitty cat. And we'll both just be cats and chill out. It'll yeah. be great. I was going to say there would be considerably less sex, but if you're going to be a cat as well, I guess it's okay. <laughs> so, what other <laughs> questions do we have? Uh, Jason Lee would like to know uh, your favourite game is getting a bundle of money from a charity that wants you to make it more accessible to people with disabilities. Focus, focusing any, uh, focusing on any one or more disability of your choice is fine. Um, you've just been put in charge. What game are you improving? What problem are you attempting to overcome? And what changes would you make? Mmm. Let's take Dark Souls. Give it a pause menu, a fucking easy mode. Um, the ability to actually, like, tweak specific th specific things. Make, make Dark... I want Dark Souls to be fucking accessible. Because the people that like Dark Souls fucking love the fact that it's inaccessible. But fuck that. More people should be able to enjoy it. So, mm. um, I'm trying to think... Yeah, Paul's functionality would be super useful for that game. Um, the ability to tweak individual things, so if you're struggling with a specific aspect, you could tone that back, so you could tone that, like, slow down enemy movement speed, for example, so you can actually, like, ha like physically have the time to do some of those inputs if needed, if, like, you can see what they're doing and what you have to do. Just, like, Celeste-style tweakable difficulty options for Dark Souls. Um, mine's obviously Day of the Tentacle. Um, I guess I would put in a colorblind mode. I don't know what it's like for colorblind people. Um, I don't have any of those issues. Uh, but I, I, and I don't know if that game is a problem particularly, but I would put in a colorblind mode. Maybe a highlight mode. So, mm. like, if you hover over something, it will sort of get a, a halo around it. Yeah. And you can tell if it's more easily tell if something's supposed to be clickable or not. Um,. Maybe audio descriptions for people who are like partially sighted or have have reduced vision, yeah, and maybe that they could be sort of you could sort of hover around things and it would give you vague sort of vague descriptions of stuff um maybe like if you could attach some kind of something for eye movement and then maybe register like blinks 
or, or winks as as like clicks to do the sort I believe of that around. is totally doable actually like the tech does exist for that already if you've got eye tracking cameras yeah something something like that a big a big button controller yeah um i I don't know how easy a mouse is to use with with different I, I know for some people with disabilities, um, the big roller mouses can be useful, where it's just like, here is your big left-click button and a big rollable uh, um, ball. Right, stuff like that can be really useful. Yeah. And I guess, like, um, sticky buttons with that, because the yeah. like the remastered version of Day of the Tentacle has... Um, you hold down the right button and then sort of move to one direction. Mm. So I guess with that you'd need something, some way of sort of... Like putting it in sticky controls to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I think that would all be doable. There's a few things that I think no matter what game we pick, I would like to see brought over that have been done in some games already. Yeah. Um, the new PS4 Superman uh, Spider-Man game is really good for this. Mm-hmm. Um, options like turning, uh, you, you can set it to auto auto win quick time events, Ooh. or to take button mashing ones where you have to mash the button can be turned to just a hold or a press instead. Mm. Um, things that take stuff where you have to very quickly respond with a very specific button, or where you have to mash something quickly over and over, that you can go, nope, I don't want to have that be a thing that holds back my progress. Mm. Just turn it off or change what parameters it works nice. on. Stuff like that's really good. Mm. Yeah, yeah, more of that sort of stuff. Alright. Is that all the questions? Uh, let me double check. I will check doubly. Double check once, then I will check twice. I will have checked a number of times at that point. Um, yeah, that is all of the questions. Well then, I guess it's time for this. <gasps> do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Some kind of musical thing that's like a big thing and then it leads up to me going Brochure Justice Warriors in a dramatic way that doesn't completely kill my throat because I'm still riding out this cold and coughing up chunks. What? Ah. Like Brochure Justice Warriors? Bit like that. Alright, Larry. Alright, Larry. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm not too bad, mate. Oh, yeah. You, you, you had a bit of a week. Yeah, Sounds like yeah, you've been a bit yeah. in the wars. I've been well under the weather, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, I just think it was annoying me this week. Yeah, yeah. As, as I often do at this point in the week. Oh, well, um, So This part of the week, usually <laughs> I've, I've had it slightly earlier in the week. Usually slightly <laughs> earlier in the week. So, I got a bit annoyed this week. I saw I saw someone having having a go at someone who was disabled. Um, what? Yeah, and, and I, you know, you had to step in and deal with it, but like... I, I saw someone who someone who was a wheelchair user yeah. who, you know, got out of their chair to get something from a higher shelf right. and someone came over and was like, Oh, well if you're standing and get that off the shelf, why do you need a wheelchair? And there was oh, yeah. and you know, it's a proper problem this comes up because like it all goes down to this idea of like disabilities and like external assumptions and judgments about them. Yeah, I, like, th- I think because people just aren't or most people aren't educated about disability issues anyway. They seem to think that, you know, if you are registered blind, that means you cannot see anything at all. You have literally no use of eyes. All you if, see is darkness if in you, every case. If you live in a, if you if you use a wheelchair, then you might then they assume that you have no use of your legs whatsoever. Indeed. And like with that wheelchair example, like there's a, bu- a bunch of things that could be going on. It could be that that person's using a wheelchair because they can only stand for a limited amount of time, or that it's very painful for them to stand, or they can stand but they can't take steps from that point, or, yeah. like, you know, it could be a fatigue issue. There's a bunch of situations. Maybe they only use that, like, sometimes when they're having bad pain management days. Yeah. There's all sorts of valid reasons why someone might be in a wheelchair but still be able to stand to get something off a shelf. And yeah. It's, you know, it just, it reminds me of when you see people getting you know, giving the side eye to people who can walk, who use a disabled bathroom, for example. Yeah. This idea that if you can't see the disability, that, it, you know, it can't exist and there can't be a, a need to use those facilities. Yeah. It's it's, it's, it's ridiculous, you know, that, and, and I, I think it's just the fact that there is no education for a lot of people. Unless you have someone in your life who experiences these things and you've actually taken the time to, to pay any interest or, or notice that... People don't mm. seem to understand yeah. that, you know, like like I was saying with the, with the blindness thing, like they don't understand that you might be able to see 
colours or vague shapes of things, but certainly not enough to get around through the world in the long term. Oh, indeed. It might be that you can't see with enough detail or reliability in places that are new to you to be able to access them in a way that, like, if something goes wrong, you can keep yourself safe, for example. Exactly. Like, if you're in a new environment, you might not know that something dangerous is going to happen because you can't see well enough, and that's, you know, that's still being blind. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and, and with, with deafness, uh, I, like, I myself am, am, you know, completely deaf in one, or almost completely deaf in one ear, enough to be, that I would be, if I had that hearing level in both ears, I would be registered deaf. Yeah. But like, and, and people go, you say you're deaf in that ear. I am. Don't try and have a conversation with me on that side. But that's not to say that like I have no hearing at all. I can still vaguely hear a sound, which is why I will tend to wear headphones on both ears. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there's also stuff like you see people who um, are deaf will sometimes respond to someone who speaks to them. Because like, yeah. perhaps they have good eyesight and they are good at lip reading and they might be able to, from context keep up with the conversation even if they can't hear it for example or even if they can just hear the sort of the uh, a, a blocked out rumbling sound from that yeah. direction they will look in the direction of the thing they hear that's not to say that that person isn't deaf exactly they can't un- maybe can't understand what's being said but they know that a sound is happening and from where yeah don't don't believe the dwp that you know that you, you can assess anyone, claim that they can do all sorts of things, and that makes them any less, uh, you know, uh, any less struggle to get through day to day with with certain aspects of life relating yeah. to those particular uh, disabilities. Exactly. It has been a good chat. It's been a good chat. It it's has always been a good is. chat. Should we have that hug? Always, mate. Always. always. Very, always. very happy to have that hug. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. God blimey, it's been a week. It's been a week. Oh, I'm just. Constantly sickened of the news. Yeah, I'm ready for a lie down. Yeah, always happy for these hugs though. Yeah. Definitely, definitely make it all oh. much more bearable. There you go. Yeah. Should, should we go? Should we have a cup of tea and maybe a bit of a lie down? That oh, sounds, we're coming to guess. Oh, we're coming to guess. Because we haven't had a cup of tea yet. Yeah, let's have a cup of tea. In the land of green pleasant changes. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> have some fun. Uh, Lots of laughs. <laughs> Laura! Yes? Welcome to Fun to Answer Internet Talent. Uh, you can find me at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. You can find me at Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. Uh, before I talk about anything else, I've got a book that you can spend, you can put money down for if you want. Uh, Things I Learned from Mario's Butt is a 40,000 word illustrated coffee table book of reviews of video game character butts and then illustrations of them. It contains guest uh, reviews from people like Brian Altano, Max Scoville, Greg Miller, Tim Gettys, Brentel Floss, Justin McElroy, that's that's an exciting one, uh, Zoe Quinn, Slow Beef, um... Jim. Jim Sterling, yeah, there's a bunch of bunch of people. I keep forgetting who's in it because there's, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of cool people in it. Um, so yeah, that's a thing. If you go on Unbound and search Unbound, things I learned from Mario's butt, you'll find the page where you can you can order a copy. I found if you just type Mario in, you will it, be the first option. If you search Mario's butt, I know I'm the top option currently. Um, but yeah, if you if you search Laura Laura Dale, things I learned from Mario's butt. It's on Unbound. You can get a copy. You can get a signed copy. You can get a copy of Drawn a Butt in. You can get a mug. You can get a little like art book thing. You can get a bunch of shit. Go, go do that. I oh. ordered my copy. Hooray, and I didn't you. have to. You didn't have to, but you did, and I love that. Thank I love you. you. I love you too. Also, I'm gonna say this here. I'm not gonna like start promoting this on Twitter for a while yet, but you can also pre-order my memoir on Amazon if you are in the UK, America, and I think Australia. It's on Amazon and all of those now, so if you search Uncomfortable Labels on Amazon, you will find my book. Uh, It's starting to show up in some other places as well, but Amazon is like the first place I know it has shown up. Are you seeing if it's on the book depository? Hmm. I have no idea. It's got an IS, uh, ISBN number, so it. Oh, it is. ISBN. You, you can also find it on a book de- uh, book the book depository yeah. or bookdepository.com yeah. If you don't want to give any money to Amazon, indeed, Amazon is just the place that I know is in multiple countries that I know has it. Um, I've not tried individual sellers yet, but uh, 
yeah, Uncomfortable Labels, which is my my memoir. It's coming out in two hundred and sixty one uh, days. Two hundred and sixty one days. You can pre order that now. Um, I'm going to start like promoting that properly in early twenty nineteen. But Ooh. yeah, that's two books. What you can put money down and will eventually be in your hands. Uh, I finished writing Uncomfortable Labels. Uh, things I learned from Mario's butt is still in the process of being made. I've got an artist. I've got to finish the writing and get the art done. Uh, also, Uncomfortable Labels might well have an audiobook version. It's seeming bye, bye, bye. it's seeming pretty possible, so keep your ears open for that if that's a method you would like to pick up my memoir in. Well, if you need some fucked up voices for it, let me know and I'll edit those in. Hehehe. <laughs> uh, other than that, you can find me Monday to Friday, 9 to 5 at kotaku.co.uk. You can find me on... Dice Funk, which is a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons real play podcast. I'm on seasons 3, 4, and 5. Season 3 is about a bunch of adventurers trying to escape a magical barrier town. Season 4 is about the overthrowing of capitalism in a cyberpunk future. And season 5 is about going into space and making space friends. Space friends! So, uh, I think that's it. I think that's all my fucking promotion I've got to do. Yeah. Where can we find you on the internet, Jane? Can I be found? Yeah. Me. You. Me. You. I can be found on uh, stonemonkeyradio.blog and uh, soundcloud.com slash Magnet, where you might be listening to this now. Uh, I can also be found on the Twitter and YouTube as Maniac Janiac, and I think that's it. I could be wrong, but I think that's it. Uh, yeah, check out StoneMonkeyRadio.blog where I recently did my Super Mario Party review yes. and my Dead Cells review. They're both good reviews. And I'm probably going to put up a Tiny Epic Zombies review. Hooray! Woo. I think that's everything. That's everything. Should we, should we, should we, should we, should we, should we do the thing? Let's do the thing. Until next time, be a stranger. Mother gives you, you don't, don't do, do anything, anything at all. <laughs>